yeah. Straight out the fucking dungeons of rap. But fake niggas don't make it back. I don't know how to start this. Rappers are monkey flipping with the funky rhythm. I be kicking, musician, inflicting composition of pain. I'm like Scarface sniffing cocaine, holding an M16. See, with the pen, I'm extreme. Now, bullet holes left in my peak holes. I'm suited up with street clothes. Welcome to episode 80 of the Average Joe's MMA show. Jeff Shanahan, Ryan Dempsey with you. Hi, Ryan. How's it going there, Jeff? It's going pretty good, man. How are you? Uh, doing great. Good. Back's pretty much back in action. No, there's almost no pain, so I'm uh, all smiles right now. Hell yeah, man. That's good to hear. That is good to hear. I'm glad to hear yeah, you're definitely. feeling better. Yeah, so we are at episode 80, man. We did it. We're closing in on that uh, century mark. Yeah, yeah, only 20 weeks to go, and we'll hit that century mark. We're also... Yeah. We're not very far off from our two-year anniversary. I think uh, that's that's like coming up in the be- yeah, it's the beginning of October. I think I just don't know the exact date off the top of my head. I'm gonna find out here in just a second. But I think it's like October second or October somewhere. It's like the first week of October. Let's see what fucking oh, it doesn't. Of course, it doesn't tell me the fucking date. I'll have to look it up online, but I know it's October something. Yeah, and we have the we have the one year anniversary episode somewhere too. So yeah, but we didn't that. even record that on the date of the one year anniversary because I don't think we recorded the week that we actually would have had the one year anniversary. I think somebody fucking pulled out of the show and we didn't record that week. That uh, yeah. <laughs> Probably me. No, <laughs> it was it wasn't you. No, no. What, we, who else? Oh. Who else was in control of all the recording? Oh, that's true. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I think I think we recorded the one year anniversary show like two weeks later or a week later or some shit. It was. <laughs> it you know, got done though. It did get done. Of course, it got done. We just didn't do it when the actual week of the one year anniversary came up. So. I mean, we can just do our two year anniversary right now. Why not? Yeah, no rules apparently. It. It's our show. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Pop the champagne. <laughs> so uh I, before we even get going i want to point out to you uh after after listening back to the show and stuff i want to i want to give you a congratulations on that uh bobby the brain heenan drop you did and uh oh R- thanks r.i.p to the greatest manager in, in wrestling history yeah man i've been watching the just highlights of him and uh and gorilla going back and forth and taking back to my childhood yeah dude bobby was a great manager and he was a great commentator oh they like he can make you hate him like yeah no matter what like no like i don't think any age can get uh, can listen to like the the 80s wrestling of Bobby, uh, bobby the brain heenan and uh grandma soon and not be like thoroughly entertained and just drawn into it well, like I even I loved Bobby when he went over to WCW, because yeah, a lot uh, of the ni- I yeah. mean, a lot of the nineties for me, I didn't. <laughs> my parents canceled cable, so I didn't. Okay. I didn't have the USA Network like during or, or Spike or anything like that during the the Attitude Era. So I got all my Attitude Era came secondhand. Like I had friends that taped it for me. Like, I bought a video. Oh, okay. I bought a videotape for like Monday Night Raw and shit. Cause you know I love just pass it around. Yeah, and I had I had a friend or you know a couple of friends or whatever that would tape it for me. But like I we had both TNT and TBS, so I watched the shit out of WCW back then. Like every Monday night, every Thursday night, I watched Thunder and shit because it was that was where I got my wrestling fix. That was when like the peak of when I was still into wrestling. Right. Um, and you know NWO was the shit, so everybody was watching WCW. I mean, he probably has one of like, the greatest WCW moments. Also, when he just completely broke kayfabe and like just tears and you know said his goodbyes to Gorilla Monsoon when uh, when he had passed away, and that was at a time when like you didn't do that between the organizations because they were in such a war. For sure. So when he when when he did that, I mean, like, that was 
I mean, it's still heartbreaking now because those guys were so close as friends. And yeah, when he jumped, when he jumped ship, he just didn't have like, he just didn't see him over those last few years and that kind of stuff. So right, it's a uh, yeah, it was, like that was one of those moments that just kind of stands out to you that you don't you never forget. Well, yeah, I mean they were a great broadcasting team. They did the what was it? The it was before Monday Night Raw was a thing. They had that they Bobby and and Gorilla had a show. I want to say maybe it was yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday Night Titans or some shit like that. Yeah, and they would just like kind of like, sit like a booth. Yeah, they would sit in a booth, or they would like do like location shoots and shit like that. So right, it was a little bullshit like that. But yeah, I, 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 you pointed it out to me in the midst of or after post our our quote unquote argument. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our spirited debate. But I was I was fucking so fed up with you, I just shut you off when you were talking so i completely <laughs> completely missed your bobby the brain he didn't uh drop so i wanted to give you props for that and also mention you know rest in peace to bobby uh other thing i'd like to in a happy note um big congratulations goes out to friend of the show uh gary rose over there at island jiu-jitsu who was presented with his purple belt this weekend this past weekend so ah, yeah congrats. yeah congrats to gary gary's a good dude uh deserved it he's been working his ass off in jiu-jitsu so congrats gary wanted to get that out early in the show yeah because that's we're uh we're notorious for having like we could have something written down that we want to say just like one sentence and you hit stop recording like ah oh, talked for three hours and didn't say that one sentence well i meant to say it on tuesday <laughs> uh cause right because it happened over the weekend so i meant to I meant to say it on Tuesday, but I just fucking completely forgot about it till after we got done. So I made sure to think about it consciously a lot over the last couple of days. So I remembered to uh, to do it tonight because I definitely am I'm proud of Gary and happy for his success. He's like I said, he's been working his ass off over there at Island, so he definitely deserves this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's always like I mean, whenever uh, I mean, whenever someone accomplishes something, it's always like awesome, but. Especially when it's a friend of the show that you can list that uh, you can give him a little bit of uh, dap and that kind of stuff. So congratulations! Yeah, yeah we lo- we like our guys over at Island Jiu Jitsu. So good on them, good on them. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's preview this card. What do you say? Anything else you want to talk about before we get into the card? Uh, yeah, I just want to say there's nothing cuter than a three year old waking you up in the morning saying, "Daddy." Cherry Seinfeld's on Netflix. She didn't realize his name was Jerry, so she calls him Cherry Seinfeld. Which Cherry is just Seinfeld. I but like the fact it. that she sees his face and recognizes Seinfeld. Like, she, she, like when I was laid up in bed over the weekend, she would just come and sit beside me and watch Seinfeld nonstop. Like, it was like then she, when Kramer would make his noises, she would try to do the same thing. I was like, oh, my daughter. That's fucking adorable. It's yeah, fucking adorable. And she's only used the word skank like three times. So That's that right. Think... You taught her. Yeah, she yeah. learned. She learned the word I fucking skank. <laughs> Elaine taught her. Well, was like, yeah. I mean, I was like, Elaine's like, and now I'm the office skank. And Daddy goes, Daddy, why is she a skank? I'm like, oh, well, no, no. Sarah, you can you handle this? <laughs> no, no, honey. No. Yeah. Like you said, there's a lot worse things that she could have said. Yeah, dude, there's some. I mean, at least she didn't say, like, office slut or something like that. Or, yeah. thank like, God she doesn't listen to this show. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, Skank is definitely much more uh, PG <laughs> if, uh, if there is such a thing when it comes to those kind of terms. Yeah, she, uh, <laughs> she, she definitely doesn't need to listen to her Uncle Jeff and learn horrible things. Oh, no, she just listened to uh, me and her mom <laughs> talking about co-workers and dumb drivers <laughs> yeah no doubt no but, doubt yeah. oh no like uh, I didn't, uh this is whatever she all kids do it i don't really care we were you know you know what's going on with me at work and all that kind of stuff <laughs> so kara's like what are you gonna do we're just driving home and carla in the back seat goes tell them fuck off and she looks at me like, uh, okay, Carla, don't ever say that again. <laughs> yeah, so she was telling me the rest of the night, Daddy, I'm not going to say that anymore. 
Daddy, I'm not going to say fuck anymore. I'm like, okay, but honey, you're still saying it. <laughs> like, <it's> <laughs> oh, dude, that's great. That is fucking yeah. great. I love your kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Like, it's like that perfect age. Like, you can say some things and it goes right over their head. And then you say something else and it's like Velcro. It's like some things like whatever. It's funny. And other things it's like, oh, hopefully she doesn't say that at school. Right. Yeah, hopefully she yeah. doesn't she doesn't go, go to preschool and tell one of the kids to fuck off or something. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love my little girl. <laughs> yeah, she is she is an adorable adorable girl. Good. She's how, uh how are you doing oh. with her going to preschool? Every day's better. That's good. Like, but uh, t- she had her first incident, uh, incident today. Like, she, she gets a little angry off and on. Like, I mean, she's three, right? Like, something happened. She just reacts, I guess. And your daughter. Some, and my daughter. Some kid cut in line and took the took his snack, but when she was supposed to be next. So she took one of his bananas and threw it at him. And Because <laughs> I guess the kid turned and laughed at her. So she just took I don't really have any problem with her doing that. I mean, you cut in line, you laugh at me, you're going to get your comeuppance. That's so, so fucking badass. <laughs> that shit's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's fucking that great. The tree. That is great. That is fucking great. Oh, hilarious. Average Joe's tips in parenting. <laughs> From you, not from me. I'm not a parent. I've raised some. I've helped raise some kids. You know, I got I got a few nieces and a nephew that I've been a, a a big part of their life. But as far as fucking parenting tips, I ain't got shit for you. <laughs> I probably don't either. Parent. Don't don't do it. That's that's my parenting tip. Don't have kids. <laughs> Yeah, but they're good once in a while. Yeah, I mean, don't get me yeah, wrong. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, I want kids. I don't know at, at almost 34 years old if I'm ever going to have kids now, but I, I, I do want kids. I mean, I'm sometimes I'm disappointed I didn't have kids at this point, but also at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, I've been able to do a lot of cool shit. Just be yeah. like, hey, I want to go do something. Oh, I don't have to worry about finding a babysitter. That's, oh yeah, like I mean, there's always those times where me and Kara be sitting. Connor just went to sleep. And we're like, remember we could just like have the lights on and watch a movie. At, like, <laughs> remember we could actually like not whisper all like it was like we were sleeping <laughs> for sure. But, I mean, don't get me. I'm like I love every yeah, moment. Of, yeah, yeah, dude, of course. I, and that's why I was gonna say, and you mix it up in there. Uh, that's right, the life. right. And like I, like I was gonna say, don't get me wrong, like. There are plenty of instances and shit where, like, I'm completely envious of you or or Kyle or any of my other friends that I know that have kids. You know, like, like I see the precious moments and shit like that. But I mean, it's it is what it is. I wouldn't, I I, I wouldn't trade my life for anything either. Right? No, definitely. Anyway, enough fucking dumb sappy shit. Let's talk about some fights. Yeah. Fights. Satayama Japan from the fucking Superdome, man. Friday night, UFC returns to Japan. I still get chills every time I just see or hear the word Saitama Super Arena. Saitama Super Arena. Does he start thinking about that pride music starts to play? Like, no matter what, that's like, just gives me chills on my spine. Yeah, dude. The only thing that's missing is fucking, uh, what is it? Lena, um, Lena Headley. Or hardly. I was gonna say, I was say Fedor in a sweater. Well, that too. You got to have Fedor in a sweater. But just having her calling uh, that—that's uh, why I love Ryzen because they still have the crazy pride announcer. Right. She made but, that uh, shit. She made that shit. Definitely. Oh yeah. Like there. Like there's. Like the way that Bruce Buffer goes perfectly right with the UFC. It's, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Like, sometimes, like, it's not just having an announcer. It's about having the right announcer to the right uh, to the right event or to the right venue. And, like, Pride had it all wrapped up perfectly. 
Well, like, have you seen, there's a YouTube video of, uh, her, like, comparison of her and Bruce doing the same fighter. Okay, I haven't seen that. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, like, her announcing Crow Cop and him announcing Crow Cop and maybe, like, I mean, it was, like, pride people, obviously, but just the difference and the same fighters. Right, yeah. I yeah. mean, was, the atmosphere, too, with Japan was so different, too. It was, like, like, North Americans love fighting, but, like, in Japan, it's, like, life. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a way of life there, for sure. So for so for them it's like like you don't care like you like I mean they would they I mean they bet like as the fights are going on you see like the people in the stands like make it like with the bookies walking around like because it's so serious it's such a big deal over there like those guys like their worship like it's amazing and like yeah that's why like every time they go to Japan especially when they go to Saitama I just I just get like this like thrill and excitement yeah I I do like it when they go to Japan too it's. All right, I'm sending you the video of her versus Bruce Buffer. Cool. <clears throat> but anyway, from Saitama, Japan, uh, was originally supposed to be OSP versus Shogun, but uh, we learned during the Pittsburgh card, like I think it was right after the Justin Ledette fight, that it was the news broke that Shogun was out, or no, it was before the main event started. Main card started, uh, I saw Keith had, had posted the breaking news that they were, that he had to pull out of the fight, and then it was, like, right after the Ledette fight, they announced Yushin Okami versus OSP. Yeah, like, like I'm excited to see Okami. I love Yushin Okami. He's always been the, a fighter that I try to watch as much as I can, but, like, like <clears throat> we were talking about the other day, like, trying to figure out where... Like what is this his first, second, how many like, heavyweight fights has he had? And being you know, this being his first, this is gonna be a big test. Like he's not exactly a young up and coming kid. No. Uh, he's uh he's thirty six years he's, old. He's an aged grizzled vet and he's going up against a, a dangerous, dangerous man in his first light heavyweight fight. So he hasn't fought in the UFC since two thousand and thirteen. Has it been that long? Yeah, man. He lost to he got KO'd by uh Jacare in two thousand and thirteen and that was his last fight in the UFC. He, I don't know. Right. He's been fighting elsewhere. Oh yeah. Oh lost to David Branch, lost to John Fitch. Yeah, he was in World Series, I think. Yeah. He's got he's on, he's on a four fight winning streak, but he was I on think... a three fight winning streak when he left the UFC. Well, before he got beat by Susan. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, former title challenger. Yeah, I think that there was. I mean, it was kind of like a an asterisk, but I think that he was uh, like the last man to hold a win over Silva before everything fell apart for him in Japan. Uh, I think it was Rumble on the Rock. It was uh, Anderson did an illegal up kick, and Okami couldn't continue. But oh uh, yeah, okay. Have you ever? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, just, you're good. Yeah, I just got reminded looking at Okami's past fights. Um, <laughs> have you ever heard any of Chael Sonnen's stories about Yushin Okami? I've heard a couple. One of them was, and I don't know if he was training Yushin. Yushin used for... to come to Portland and train with him. Yeah, I think he was training for. I think it was for the Silva fight when he was uh, getting ready to. Fight in Brazil, uh, the Yushin Okami for Silva. I think something. I think that was like the only story I think that I remember hearing uh, from Sonnen about that. What was the story you heard? Oh God! I mean, just you don't have to go into detail. Just I want to say the same one. I want to say it was something. I could be getting like a bunch of things mixed up. It was some, I want to say it was something to do with like showing up in the middle of the night or something. Yep. Or maybe, yep. Yep. Okay. So yeah. he used to come and stay. When he stayed, he stayed at Chael's mom's house. Okay. And um, he 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 had the alarm code and everything like that. But I think he yeah he showed up in the middle of the night and he either forgot to tell Chael or something happened. So nobody knew. And, and Chael's wife. Something like that, right? Where she found him or something? No, his mom. He he fucking set the okay. alarm off, but was in his room, and 
his mom was outside the door with a shotgun. Okay, I think I might be thinking of a different story. I don't remember this one. This is just as good, though. Yeah, and Yushin's in the other room just screaming, Yushin Okami, Yushin Okami, because he can't speak English. <laughs> yeah. And, like, oh, he had man. stayed there before. This was like right, a, this yeah. was like later on after because he you know he he'd come out and train with those guys in Oregon quite a bit, right? But yeah, I can't remember the whole story, but it was one Chael told on his podcast before I stopped listening to it. Before, I think that's where I heard this one too. Yeah, before that... it just got unbearable to listen to. Yeah, yeah, I heard, I heard that one. I wanted to say that there was something to do with his. It was like a middle of the night, but it, it had to be that one. But I thought there was something to do with his his wife and cooking dinner or something, and he he had shown up and something crazy had happened. But that might I, have been a completely it could have been a couple of stories like that. I just remember his mom pulled a gun on him. Yeah, like I'm sure that Chael and Yushin have like just tons of this craziness. Like, but yeah, I mean, so Yushin Okami, man. yeah, so Yushin stepping in on short notice, like a week. A week's notice before the fight, so six days before weigh-in, uh, yeah. to fight OSP, the number six ranked fighter in the world. <clears throat> I don't think this is going to go well for Yushin Okami. I don't either at all. Like, although OSP we, hasn't been very unimpressive at times, so yeah, he's been great, especially since that John Jones uh, defeat. But I mean, it's Since it's Jimmy gonna be Manoa the fucked him up. The size difference and all that kind of stuff, I think, is just going to be a real big. Uh, <clears throat> the size difference, the short notice, I think, is going to obviously going to be the huge factor going forward in this fight. I mean, the only win he's got in his last four fights is against Marcos Rogero de Lima. So, and I, if I remember right, de Lima was overweight. I yeah, I'm not sure. I don't really. I, I want to say DeLima was overweight or something for that fight. I, yeah, I'm not 100%. I remember... I could be wrong. I remember DeLima came in heavy in a fight. But I don't remember if it was that one or if it was a different fight. Yeah, I don't I don't give Yushin... No, yeah, it was, uh, it was a catch weight for, the, for DeLima. You're right. Yeah, for some reason that just stuck out to me. I don't remember why. I think we actually did a fight night for that one. I think that's why. Because I was bitching about him being fucking overweight on the fight night. Right. <clears throat> but, yeah. I don't I don't see Yushin Okami pulling out a win unless he just catches OSP. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, like we were talking about before we were at we hit record. I really want to take Yushin Okami just because I like him so much. But... This is the kind of fight where you gotta pick with uh, pick with your brain over your heart, and like, I, I just don't see how you uh, how you should can win unless OSP manages to beat himself, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't I don't really either. Unless, yeah, like you said, unless OSP beats himself, I don't really see any scenario that Yushinokami is gonna get the win without you know catching him. I mean, anything's possible. Of course, it's a fight. But the likely the likelihood and the safe bet is that OSP, if not decisions him, hopefully fucking knocks him out. Because if he just if this goes to a decision, it's going to be a really boring fight. Yushin, yeah, Yushin's I, I, gonna I, I Yushin, or not sorry, uh, OSP. The way that his fights have gone uh, the last little while, I could see him being a little tentative early on, and that could set a. Uh, it could set a bad pace for the fight if Yushin gets comfortable with whatever pace OSP. Like I feel like OSP needs to just like go forward fast and early on, just put the pressure on him and make the statement. Right. <clears throat> Otherwise, yeah, you could be looking at. I mean, it could be a finish, but it could be a snoozer leading up to the finish. But I mean, well, I mean, we'll see what happens. But hopefully, OSP. I mean, I mean, with everything that's going on with John Jones and everything, this is the kind of time for like these light heavyweights now to step up and start making their claim because well yeah that's why that that's why the shogun and him him fighting each other was and shogun's old as fuck but still he's relevant in the division that's what made that fight you know a make sense and b interesting but knowledge yeah especially when you think like if john jones if he gets the the four-year ban like if that's what ends up happening you could see you know besides from like 
Gus and Ozdemir and uh, and DC. Um, you could be looking at like a lot of these other kids that you might not know about or just have been up and comers or just are missing that like that little street to get a title shot. This is their chance to really make their mark on that division. Yeah. <clears throat> um, should mention uh, the early prelims, of course, are on Fight Pass. The prelims are on FXX starting at 8 p.m. Doesn't say the main card is on FXX, but I believe it is at 10. So if you can't find it on FS1, it's on FXX. Yeah, it is uh, FXX. Okay. So there you go. FXX or the Fox Sports Go app. I believe you can watch it there. Yay. Uh, Co-main event. This is actually, I think, the most exciting fight on the card. That's. I was going to say, this is the one that I'm looking the most forward to. Well, well yeah, obviously, but we'll, for, talk, we'll two, save that. For two, as the actual fight itself. Right. Uh, for, right. As far as the fight itself, I'm the most excited yeah, this for this one. this is the one to not miss, for sure. Yeah, Claudia Gedalian, Jessica Andraj taking on each other, number one and number four, respectively. Oh, man. This is, is going to be a really tough battle for Claudia, I think. I was see. I was uh, like, I want to say. I think because the uh, JJ and uh, Andraj fight is so recent and so fresh in my mind, I want to say that Andraj's toughness is going to give Claudia a real hard time. That's what I think too. But I'm just so reminded of the only time that JJ looked at any point of losing in the UFC was to was to Claudia Gadella. Yeah, she had. She almost had her beat. I mean, it, it was a close first fight, and then JJ just put it on in the last three rounds in their rematch. Otherwise, we'd have a, you. She wouldn't be the champion right now. But <clears throat> I don't, like I, I think Claudia. Like, Claudia is a tough wrestler, though, and Jessica Andrade, and that's not exactly JJ's strongest point. Right. So that's where she gets the. That's where she takes advantage of Joanna, is is in that aspect of it. Andrade has got pretty good wrestling, ish. For yeah. take, here, she's got a seventy-four percent takedown defense. So, I mean, it's not the greatest, but it's it's good enough. I think she can stand good the enough, test against yeah. her. Yeah, she's probably taking down. You can be one of those fights where you get taken down once or twice, maybe, but you're going to be blocking enough of them. Right, and Claudia's got a little bit of an advantage in the submission on her with a point eight five percent. Submission averaged compared to a sixty-one. I, it's it's on the feet that concerns me. Andrade is powerful as fuck. Yeah, and she stood there with probably like the, one of the, if not the best striker. In, I mean, definitely the best striker in women's MMA, if not probably in MMA in the UFC. One of the top strikers. She stood there for five rounds and just went toe to toe for the most part. Yeah, God fucking. And she got, I mean, she got, she got like she got whooped, but she got a couple shots. It, like in. she, but she, yeah, she was able to, yeah, she was, she was able to take it. Like she showed that she can eat a good, uh, a good combination and keep going. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm still gonna lean towards Claudia. Yeah, that's where I'm going. I mean, this is the, I don't. This is one of those nice fights where I don't care who wins or loses. I'm just excited to watch it. Uh, and just see what happens. Right. I mean, in the grand scheme, it means it, it means a lot more for Jessica to get a win than it does for Claudia. Claudia, it doesn't it doesn't guarantee her that title shot, that third title shot she she wants. The third fight. I'm sorry, not third title shot. The third fight when she's zero two. Yeah, it's, it's a lot harder to, to promote that fight. Right. Where Andrade. And people remember that recent fight, and they remember how tough she was. And then just a matter of, well, what if she is faster in the in the rematch? Right. Well, and but, you know, and Andrade has you know could if she won, it puts her into a spot to try to get herself. Um, but you know, it's it's going to be tougher for her. She still got uh, Karolina Kolakiewicz in front of her. Well, and you know, talking about. Um, John Jones there a few minutes ago. Uh, Joanna recently came out and said 
she wants to go out there, you know, tie Ronda, fight once in early 2018 or 20, uh, some point in 2018, and then she wants to move up a division. Yeah, she so wants to go up that, to 25. She, so, so that could open up the, the 115s. This is an important showing because if Ioana does go up, there is the possibility that maybe the UFC makes her relinquish the belt, and so it could be it's a good, it could be a crucial fight going forward for both of them if that's what happens. I but gotta, I that's, gotta, that's I mean a long way to go. So right, I need to go back and rewatch the Gadelia and Kovacavich fight because I don't. That was a quick one, wasn't it? Because I thought that Carolina was gonna win, and she just got got uh, got uh, handled pretty uh, yeah, easily. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't. I think I picked Carolina too. Yeah, round one submission. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I picked Carolina with you as well because I let you fucking influence me. Shame. Bad influence. Shame on me. Shame <laughs> on me. Oh, fool. I fooled you once. Now you know. <laughs> you have fooled me more than once. More than once. Who are you picking? I got Claudia. Uh, like I said, she loses. I won't be upset. Uh if she wins, I won't be necessarily overly happy. I just want to see, like I, like I said, like we both said, this is probably the fight not to miss. So, right. Hopefully, hopefully it can live up to the expectations uh, that we have for it. I hope so. Um, yeah. Also on the card, Takanori Gomi taking on the maestro Jiang Hong Kim. Oh. I hope this is. I hope this is it for Gomi. I hope so too, man. Gomi needs to four, four and eight in UFC, four straight losses, all stoppages, three I think were strikes and one submission. And that like he was, you know, a pride legend, but UFC has not been kind to him. No, not at all. Well, he just came in too late. He wasted. He wasted four years. Three years or whatever from when Pride closed. His last fight was against Diaz. And then he, lot. he fought in Dream for a little while. We saw that with a lot of like those Pride fighters, too. A lot of them just came in and they just weren't able to make that big jump. No, uh, the only ones that were smart and did it quickly <clears throat> were Henderson and, and Rampage. Yeah, I mean, like it was guys like Noguera who were like out, I think, before... UFC bot pride. Yeah. Was, like, yeah. Fighters that came over, the fighters that came over with the sale were the ones that just uh, really suffered the most. Well, or even the ones that held out after the sale, like Crow Cop, who came a little bit later. Right. And, you know, obviously Fedor never came, but Gomi was one of those guys that just waited too long. Yeah. I mean, he, I would have killed to have seen the him and BJ like in like 2004 kind of like, you know like for sure like, like in, in UFC those two guys going for the lightweight title would have been something else yeah i mean pride pride gomi was easily one of my top 5 favorite fighters in pride i loved watching gomi yeah well he's he came i mean i was going to say he came out like a fireball but i mean i mean it's his nickname right i mean he literally it, it it's it was uh it was suiting. Like, it was what it, like, he came out there and just took the world by storm when, when he made, when he landed in, uh, when he landed into Pride. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, shit. He fought BJ Penn. Yeah, I just saw that, too. I was looking up at Rumble on the Rock. I yeah, had no idea. Back in 2003. That was, like, fucking BJ, BJ. Yeah. But, I mean, he, you know, when he got into Pride, he beat Ralph Gracie. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't know Ralph Gracie sounds like the, the the random uncle of the Gracie family. From what I've heard about it, like, Ralph Gracie is, like, one of those, like, a guy that married a Gracie sister or some shit. And just took their last name? Yeah, married into the family oh, and shit. Oh, God, that's I think, amazing. I think I heard that on Rogan or something. Somewhere, but yeah, I, that's what I, that's, that's what that's I heard. was some familiar. of those... I, I, that's that's great though, Ralph Gracie. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you know, when he beat Crazy Horse and fucking knocking out Jens Pulver. Uh, yeah, I mean, he just went like it was just nonstop. Tapped Kawajiri. 
I remember, I can't remember who he was fighting, but he had, he, he won by armbar, but he was in full mount, and the guy just, like, was starting to try to brace out. He was looking for the RNC and just right. flipped his hips over. Like, didn't even, it, it was, like, one of the quickest transitions I had seen at that point, and just flipped his hips and shit, and, like, armbar out of nowhere. Done. And that's not what's going to happen this weekend. No, I got, uh, I just got a really bad feeling for this one. Like, I just. Oh, yeah. I don't like this. I, I, can't, I haven't been able to pick Gomi in so long, and it hurts me. I hate watching him fight like this. That's, it's terrible. Yeah, every, every, every time I see uh, Gomi on the card, I mean, I'm just like, maybe? Like, I think it was the Jim Miller fight. I thought, like, maybe we could, you know, just UFC 200. It's going to be this big event. I'm like, maybe oh, he can just God, something no. else. Jim Miller just steamrolled him, and it was like it—it's it, that kind of that feeling, like like one of these like a legend, the guy you watch when you're younger, when you're becoming when you're becoming a fan, the guys that help keep you interested in it and keep you wanting to watch more MMA. Right. And you see these guys hit that stage of their career where it's just everything goes wrong for them. It's like it breaks your heart. Like you just don't want to see it. Like you want them just to please walk away and right. just keep on to go. And it's like. There's no need. For sure. For it's like sure. Fedor now in some ways. I mean, Fedor had a couple wins after his his uh, little losing streak there, but it, like he just hasn't looked the same. It's like when Matt Mitrione knocked him out, I was like, God, like please just don't. There's no need. No. Nope. I don't. I don't feel good about this one at all for Gomi. Um. So, I got Kim. Uh, yeah, I got. Third fight of the main card, the much-anticipated debut of Gokin Saki taking on Henrique Da Silva. Oh, I know the watering right there. Yeah. Yeah, I know I know. fucking Rafael's excited. Blake's excited. I'm going to miss this fight because I'll be driving back from Illinois, but I've got my shit all set up to DVR, so... I'm going to miss this fight because, once again, PSN, step the game up. I'm surprised you guys don't have FXX. I think it's got to be like a subscription one. I'm not sure. Oh, it's just part of our like our cable package and shit. Oh, uh, yeah. The only thing we get, we just got like Fox and that's it. Like just. Oh, you guys don't work. even get like regular FX? No, we don't get like that. There's Those are all like, like HBO. Like get yeah, subscribed to them. I think. That's fucked. <laughs> Canada's yeah. fucked. Yeah, yeah, it is. You guys don't have fucking. Like, oh my god, I feel bad for you. You're like a third world country. When it comes to TV, we are. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say something, but it's just too politically incorrect. I don't yeah, think don't I you already fucked up with that OJ thing? <laughs> it, I like that, I like you know, how you fucking. Do you know that OJ got the? He has a new TV show when he gets out of jail. I no, I'm not surprised though. Yeah, no, it's the Days of Our Knives. Oh, you're fucking horrible. That is the worst dad joke ever. You're fired. <laughs> Tony's coming permanently. Yep, Tony's taking your spot. You're done. It <laughs> was a fun ride. <laughs> You made it a lot longer than I figured you would. <laughs> no, I'm I lasted one of the originals. Factual. <laughs> oh. oh shit. Anyway, uh, Saki, yeah, back. Saki oh. by murder. I'm hoping this. I mean, this is going to be a stand-up war. This is, yeah, uh, I, De Silva's got a 92 percent KO rate. It's and lately, he has like a ninety-five percent getting KO'd rate. Yeah. Oh no, never mind. Submission decision knockout. So, right, yeah, he got, yeah, he got knocked out by Kudaliba in the last fight. Yeah. Yeah, he's a one punch knockout. I, just, I think this. I mean, it would be absolutely devastating if De Silva wins. Oh because yeah, because I think, like we talked about, uh, at, at the first fight. This has potential to like really blow up in the light heavyweight division, for sure. 
if uh, if Golkin, if Golkin wins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God, if, De Silva, I, I if De Silva gets the win, it's gonna <laughs> put a giant turd in the punch bowl. Yeah, like, I hope he just. I hope he just gets in there, forty-five seconds in, just murks him, and just stays fresh. And you know what? Set up, uh, uh, Golkin and uh, and it was Demir. Throw it in Detroit. Fuck it. All right. Like let's like set something up for this division and go forward. <laughs> Start making some moves. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, two fights left in the main card. Uh, Teruto Ishihara taking on Rolando Die. Die Incredible. D, D. Rolando D. I don't know. His name is D Incredible. I, Die I, Incredible. I have no idea. I don't fucking know. I don't... I'm going with Ishihara in this one just because I have no idea about uh, Rolando's resume, really. Alex Caceres, he lost by Dr. Stoppage. So he was the last guy that fought uh, Caceres back in June. At. Fight night. <clears throat> Home in Cohera. When she fought, oh, when she fought Batch. That was uh, was that in South Korea? Mm, Singapore. That, Singapore. Oh, yeah, 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 that's, yeah. That's why I don't remember that fight. Gomi was on that card too. <laughs> he got peeped by Tuck. By Tuck, it, Tuck submitted him, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's the only reason why. Why uh, Gomi's even in the UFC? He's one of those guys with the UFC when they go over, like they, they want the Europeans when they're in Europe. The well, yeah, people. he's definitely there for like, the Asian like, just, market. Like, at this point, it's like here we're going over, we're going over to Asia. We're just going to throw you on the card, give you a little paycheck, just try not to die. Yeah, I mean he's definitely an ambassador for them in Asia, especially in Japan. He's a legend. Yeah, this will probably be his last fight. They're like, here you go, dude. We'll let you fight in in Asia. Yeah. Have at it. Uh, Ishihara coming off of back-to-back losses, decisions to Artem Lobov and Gray Maynard back in July. But I'm going to pick Ishihara. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, just, I mean, like I said, I just know, I feel like I know the name. I do this all, yeah, all the time, and it ends up biting in the ass, but I know the name Ishihara, so I'm going to be picking him. And the first fight of the main card is uh, Mizuto uh, Hirota taking on Charles <coughs> Rosa. Uh, Hirota is win-loss draw. He uh, two, went three losses in a row in his career. Draw with uh, Ishihara. Oh yeah, fuck! That was all the way back in 2015. I remember that fight though. Nelson and Barnett. Holy shit! That was the last fight that they even did in, in uh, Saitama. Yeah, that was the last fight. That was when uh, Uriah Hall beat Musasi. That's right. Damn. This was a pretty decent card. Diego Brando was on that card. Nakamura, who's also on this card, was on that card. <laughs> a lot yeah, of the... Just like, like, we're, we're just like recycling these names. Like we just Seriously, though, for real, there is a lot of... The... I mean, I'm sure Horiguchi would be on this card if they would have kept him around. Think, yeah. Mitsugaki was on this card. Damn. There's some names, man. Like, I, God, the UFC. There's so many guys in the UFC that they got rid of and guys that they kept. And, like, she's done the opposite. Right. But, I mean, neither here nor there now. Yeah. And uh, Charles Rosa is loss, win, loss, win, loss. Yeah, he's just coin flip fight. I'm going to take the. I'm going to take Hirota in Japan. Why not? Fuck it. Yeah, I'm going to take... Uh, <clears throat> uh, I'm going to take Rosa just because he's based off his loss, win, loss, win, loss. He's now due for that win. Plus, uh, Hirota coming in overweight. I like to see those guys lose. So. Oh, yeah. I forgot weigh-ins were today. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, Hirota came in overweight, huh? 
Yeah, he was the only one that missed. So. Yeah, like, I don't know, maybe. Maybe that's going to affect who I pick. Rosa, his record is my birthday. Nah, fuck it. I'll ride with it. I made my pick. I'll roll with it. So, yeah, that's it. That's the main card. That's all we're going to preview because the rest of the card is whatever. Um, I might get some nice fights out of it, but I mean. Oh, for sure. It'll be an entertaining Friday night. It comes down to, like, name recognition there. Yeah. I would There's miss. Dead, I would miss but. most of the card anyway because I'd be watching football if I wasn't going to be out of town because my nephew's games are on on Friday. So, um, this is like their first home game in like three weeks. So I'm kind of bummed I'm missing it. But just taking a quick look at the rankings and seeing if uh, anything really big happened. Uh, movement in the pound for pound, obviously with the John Jones situation. Um, Kamaru Usman moved up one spot in the welterweight division. Um, Luke Rockhold moves up to number one or number two in middleweight. Uh, Uriah Hall <laughs> also moved up four spots to number ten. Uh, movement at everybody pretty much moved up at light heavyweight. Hey, Pat Cummins is back in the top ten. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Gustafson moves up to number one. Volcan Ozimir number two. Teixeira three. Manoa four. Shogun five. OSP six. Corey Anderson seven. Shirkinov eight. Iri Latifi nine. The aforementioned Pat Cummins at ten. Lil Nogs sitting there at 11. Uh, Jesus Christ. And, to, and to Gulov is uh, at 12. Tyson Pager moved up th- uh, two spots to 13. Sean Vellante and Jan Blahovich round out your top fifteen. Like if uh, if Golkin wins he and he wins into the fast, top fifteen, he could, like I was gonna say, he, like I could see them jumping him into like the top eight just because. Maybe well, maybe just on the cusp of top ten and make him fight Cummins. Because I mean, Pat's yeah. on a two fight winning streak. I think isn't he? I know he won his last fight for sure. I'm I think sure he's won he... the last two because those are the last two fight. Yeah, so ever since he, ever since he did the mustache. Yeah, because I just remember him, uh, him constantly putting out those uh, post fight ambulance selfies. Yeah, well, the first one was when he beat Jan Blahovich. Even though Blahovich, no, he beat the Cummins outstruck the shit out of Jan Blahovich. Um, and then yeah, when he beat Jean Vellante back in July. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's on a two fight winning streak, so that would be an interesting spot for him. Uh any other movement? Not really not really any other movement in any other the divisions. So that's that. Let's get a little news and I don't want be done for the night. You wanna talk anything about uh Beltor? Yeah, well that's what I said. We're gonna get to news. It's part of the Oh, I thought, I thought you were going to talk about the card and then do the news. I didn't think Bellator was in the news nah, section. Nah, I'll just throw it in with the news section, whatever. I, uh, so since the UFC is on Friday night, if you need your MMA fix on Saturday, you got a little Bellator card. Uh, Patricky Pitbull and Benson Henderson are going to be the main event. Um, co-main event is Paul Daly and Lorenz Larkin. This one has the debut of Roy Nelson taking on uh, Yavi Ayala. I don't know who the fuck he is. Uh, <laughs> Adam Piccoletti and Giotti Yamauchi. And uh, another chance for Aaron Pico to probably disappoint the overhyped that he is. But I don't know. We'll see. I hope. I hope he does better. I know Keith was super high on the kid. I said he shouldn't have been in the position he was in on the pay per view. Yeah, that's you know. that's the thing. Like he's almost—I <clears throat> mean, not to compare them, but it's almost like the, the Sage North cut. Kind of. Like, like, like these organizations, they get these young kids and they just shove them down your throat. I mean, Pico unfortunately started with the loss, whereas Sage I think got two wins before yeah. his loss. But like, it's just like like. Well, I and mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum. It just. That getting someone who's young and talented and just throwing them as high up as you can, as early as you can, just to prove a point, 
And then when they get destroyed, it's like you see them going. Like, sometimes they go on a slide. Sometimes they come back. But yeah, that like that uh, that golden aura to them is all of a sudden tarnished, and people don't want to see them as much as they did going into like the first fight. So right. hopefully, Pico can bounce back and get a win and try and write the ship on his career. That'd be albeit that is early on. Well, and here's the thing though too with Bellator, like. Um... They have been over the over the last few years have been like really heavy on signing uh like college prospects that that don't go into the into the Olympics and stuff as soon as like right. these guys start getting into into MMA uh, they they sign them up Bubba Jenkins uh Aaron Pico there's been uh, plenty of others um I can't think of any there's a, one guy that wrestled for Central Michigan that fights at Bellator now. Uh, Tristan, fuck, I can't remember now. But anyway, that so like with with Pico, he brings the biggest credentials out of all those guys. Like Bubba was a a, a national champion and stuff, but you know Pico right. Pico's got the biggest credentials out of that. So I understood why they pushed him. He you know he was one of the biggest hype prospects coming out of things. But I don't know. <laughs> I think I think it was just too much too quick. And there was other guys like like James Gallagher who should have been on that New York pay per view. But anyway, um, prelims you can find. So the main card's on Spike. The prelims you can find online. Uh, Brooke Mayo will be headlining the prelims, taking on Catlin Neal. And then the rest of them, I don't really know anybody. Mike Ortega and Tony Johnson sound familiar. but I, I just thought this is actually also uh, one of their Bellator... MMA and Bellator kickboxing events, the two and one. That oh, is the, this is the one that's going to have the flying fucking cage. Yeah. So yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna have the the kickboxing thing and then fly the cage right down on top of it, and it can drop down in like fifteen minutes. Yeah. Good to go. That's right. So that could be cool. I'd watch that. I guess. Yeah. So there's gonna be a couple a uh, couple of titles on the line there too. Plus Joe Schilling who's always kind of an entertaining watch in kickboxing. So is Joe Schilling okay? See, I didn't even. They don't even have Joe Schilling listed in this bloody elbow thing. It's all just the MMA oh, really? fights. Oh, okay. Yeah, the 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 online prelims they have they have listed are like I said, Brooke Mayo and and Caitlin Neal, Ricardo Vasquez and Justin Tenadora, Mike Ortega and Tony Johnson, Brandon Larocca and Gaston Balanos, <clears throat> Karina Herrera and Jamie Navarro, or Navarra, Alex Lopez and Trevino. Jaguar and yeah, there, nope, no mention of Joe Schilling, so it must just not include the kickboxing card in this bloody elbow article. Yeah, Raymond Daniels and Kareem Gaji, uh, Kevin Ross is on it. Urena Bars, Joe Schilling, yeah. Okay, a lot so, of there well. you go. Even and more that, incentive. Bellator definitely is onto something good with this. Um, uh, doing a little kickboxing and uh, MMA kind of opened the eyes to two different audiences. So UFC is in a position where they don't necessarily have to do it. They already have the draw. Right. So I, but I'd, I'd love that Bellator is, uh, is doing this way like before. I think it was the, they had side by side, uh, cage and ring. And like you said, now they're doing the, the flying one. So it's always like, yeah, it'll be, it should be a fun little, uh, fun little watch for Saturday. Yeah, sticking with Bellator, uh, it was announced yesterday that Roy McDonald is going to get a shot at Douglas Lima's 170-pound uh, championship coming up in January. Yeah, early next year they're going to fight. January 20th from Los Angeles, California. Yeah, I'm excited now to see because uh, <clears throat> he looked so good in his first fight there in Bellator. Like, I mean, do you think this is going to be a pay per view? No, man it's it's called a in the in the story they said it's a major quote tent pole event with tickets on sale September 29th. No, I doubt it's going to be a pay per view, but I don't think they have enough of a pull with like Roy McDonald in UFC where they could put a lot of names around him. But I mean. In Bellator, if they, if they were to, like, to do something with like, a heavyweight title and do something like that and, and then put a couple na- a couple other like legitimate names on there, not just uh, not just you know like Fedor and uh, and Frank Mir, 
Like if they were actually to build this card properly, I could see them trying a pay-per-view. But after the the disappointment of uh, Madison Square Garden, I think they're gonna they should go back to the drawing board and really figure out what they want to do if they want to do the pay-per-view. Right. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that card. Uh, Lima's coming off <clears throat> of three wins in a row after he lost his uh, his title to Koreshikov back in 2015. <clears throat> He beat Daly and then viciously knocked out Koreshikov in the rematch and then won a unanimous decision over Lorenz Larkin at their first pay-per-view in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's unfortunate that it's, I mean, I, I mean, a belt in a major organization is still a belt, but it's unfortunate that I think Rory's first major title is going to be in Bellator and not in UFC because... It's not going to be a walk in the park for him, man. No, it won't be, but I don't know. I think I think that... Douglas Lima's tough as fuck. Oh, no, I'm not anything away from Lima at all, but I, th- I think this is where McDonald's time to really, really put his name on the map. I mean, I mean, he was already very well-known. I think this is the one where he just takes that final step on the on the ladder and, uh, and takes the title. I guess we'll find out. Uh, it was announced yesterday as well. A few more fights were added to the UFC Norfolk card that's going to be headlined by Anthony Pettis and Dustin Poirier on November 11th. Uh, Rafael Sunsau is going to take on Matthew Lopez. And Sage Northcutt's returning to lightweight to take on Michael Quinos. Mm, yeah. And also at that card is going to be a the big farewell to to, uh, to Matt, Matt Brown. Brown. Yeah. yeah, taking on who's he fighting? Diego? Uh, Diego Sanchez. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's time it's time for Matt to hang it up. He's he's been in some battles and some wars. And... Yeah, he's he's been around for for a good long while. I mean, he's had some some. Uh, Nice KO wins, but he also had a lot of brutal KO losses, and for sure. And I mean, even if he wasn't knocked out, I mean that fight with Matt, with uh, Robbie Lawler, sorry, um, probably three four years ago now. That one, I mean, he took a, he took a beating in that fight too. And I mean, Cowboy. he's the kind of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he's the he's the kind of guy that like, we were even talking about. Like, it's he's in a good position after walking away because he's set up at a, at a good gym up there in Denver. So he, uh, he definitely has his post fight career set up for him. Right. Absolutely. A couple more quick stories before we go. Uh, Carlos Condit tweeted yesterday or the day before at, uh, uh, Sean Shelby. Uh, the tweet itself actually said, yo at Sean Shelby, what's up big guy. I'm wanting to fight in December, January. What say you? So, um, Condon hasn't fought since May of 2015. Or no, sorry. He hasn't won a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Hasn't won a fight since May of 2015 when he beat Tiago Elvez. Even though I think he won against Robbie Lawler. I th- yeah, I think he beat Robbie Lawler. That was a close one. And then he just came up, unfortunately, against the buzzsaw that was... Uh, Damian Maya. Yeah, <clears throat> and I think that I I think I have a bad feeling for Carlos Condit in his next fight because I mean since that Robbie Lawler loss, he keeps on talking about retiring and he's taking a lot of time off and taking a lot of time off is good because it will allow the body to heal the right. But when he's talking about retirement, you have like it does make you wonder like is his performance is being affected by his indecision to keep on going or is this going to be his last fight like if he doesn't really know what's going on right then he himself in a bad position because i mean he looked like he didn't want to be in there against damon maya now once you start talking about it it's time to go yeah no doubt no doubt uh last news story of the night uh uh, the UFC's new 216 poster confirms that Johnson versus Borg is going to be the co-main event, which is kind of interesting to me that the interim light heavyweight title is going to be the headliner over the 125-pound actual title for a record. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> it's pretty disrespectful. I mean, and, and I'm not the biggest Mighty Mouse fan, whatever. 
I take him or leave him, but I think it's kind of disrespectful to him. I mean, I get it, you know, Tony and Kevin, whatever, but you're still fighting for a bullshit belt when Demetrius is about to break the record. So Yeah, I mean, you could have had, like, uh, <clears throat> you know, say, you know, whatever, Kevin Lee and Tony Ferguson, say they put on, like, a five-round epic war, you know, it's just like a... Uh, like one of those 48, 47 split decisions, so close kind of fights. And then you finish up with the mighty most breaking the record. You could be, and now you could be looking at minus breaking the record and then it gets forgotten because of the next fight. Right. Like you, it's always like, there's something about like having like, having like that, that shot at immortality always remembered. Like, yeah. What, like, what, what would have happened if at WrestleMania three, you know, Hogan slams Andre and the next match is Brutus the Barber briefcase and Adrian Adonis. Right. You know, I mean, like, yeah, like, I don't know. It's like, why do you take a chance to, like, to bury this guy just because Borg missed weight? I get it. DJ's upset with the company. I get it. But show the champ a little bit of respect. Yeah, I just, I think it's a little disrespectful, but whatever. I mean, I'm not losing sleep over it. I just think it's. <laughs> It's a little fucked no. up to to put the interim title over the main title, but you got to do with at this at this point. Like, like if you're not going to put him as the main event when he's the undisputed champion and the interim is now the main, like just put him on a fight night. Just yep. why not? Like why? Like like just just put him on a fight night. Like they have no problem doing it. He's never had problems really fighting. I mean, he wants pay per view points, but he if you put him on a fight night, he shows up like and right. he defends. So, I mean, just do it. Like, put him in the main event. Put him on a fight night. For sure. Who cares? For sure. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, yeah, let's get into final thoughts and get up out of here, man. What uh, yeah. what say you? <laughs> yeah, I just want to uh, give a huge props to, uh, to Andre Ward on calling it a career in the, in the boxing world. Finishing 32-0. Uh, you know, he said his body's just not able to do what he wants it to do. Uh, I mean, you know, the fight game, you always see guys walk away and come back. Uh, I hope Andre Ward, you know, just moves on to the next chapter of his life and uh, and just stay. I mean, have, he has that nice little, I mean, it's not 50-0, but it's still 32-0. He's still the world, you know, world champion. He still has all that uh, success behind him. Uh, so congratulations to him on a great career. And... Uh, you know, uh, deepest sympathies uh, to the family of Jake LaMotta, uh, the raging bull for uh, for anyone who's seen the movie and doesn't know the fighter is actually a real person. Uh, Jake LaMotta died the other day at 95 years old, one of the toughest sons of bitches uh, to step into a ring. Uh, if you have any chance to find any footage of him and uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, check those fights out because those are some uh, some brutal fights from back in the days. You're looking at the other the 40s and the 50s back when... You guys would be going twelve rounds, and just there wasn't any dancing around. It was a slugfest, and uh, I mean, you see the pictures of him after those fights, and you—it's amazing that he lived like fifty plus years afterwards. Like to, to die at ninety-five uh, after the wars he went through—that's uh, I think that's a pretty amazing feat. So uh, rest in peace, Jake Lamada. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, for me, I want to extend a big congratulations to friend of the show and co-host of Way of the Warrior, Ken Evans, on his new job over at uh, Hot 105 FM here in Grand Rapids. Yay for Ken. Yeah, Mazel tov. Congratulations, Ken. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm happy for Ken. Ken is, does a good job in the morning shows, and the way shit went down at, at SNX was pretty fucky, so... Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad he's back. I'm glad. I was really excited when he got back into being able to do episodes with Way of the Warrior because I love him and, and Eric's banter. Yeah, they they have something good down uh, over there for sure, for sure. I mean, Ken. I think Ken has been my favorite co. I mean, obviously, has been my favorite co-host through all of them, and been listening to that show since back when it was like fucking six people. Right. Goddamn Paul Cicchini and shit. Yeah, I got into that one when it was like uh, Joby Wan and uh, and uh, and Shandy Zay. Yeah, that. I remember. I, I remember think it was just the fourth one. I think, I think, and even then, it was even just like uh, rotation. It Didn't was even you? like all four. 
didn't you replace Joby One? Isn't that how you got your executive producer fucking gig? Kind of. Joby One left, and it was still, I think it was like a year or a year and a bit afterwards when uh, Eric had reached out for me, uh, reached out to me, rather, uh, just to kind of try and keep up with the, the media. Like, everyone does the, the multimedia stuff with the, with Way of the Warrior. Right. But their workload was just climbing up. I think, and Eric was oh, about to have his second child, so. Yep. That's when uh, he asked me if I can just give a hand out to him. So that's yeah, that's how I got started. But there was a a bit of time, and it was just uh, just uh, Ken and uh, Ken and Eric. Yeah, Eric's one of the busiest motherfuckers. I see, like when I see things that he posts and that kind of stuff. I'm like, how do you have time to like breathe? Like, dude, I really, I really want to go. I, I... I don't know if I could fucking like actually take take a class or whatever, you know, like right. like, like go through an entire semester. I mean, I would like to, but I don't think I could do it like just with time constraints and shit. But I would just like to go sit in on a marketing lecture with uh, of Eric's at Aquinas or something. Yeah, sometime. <clears throat> it's Aquinas, yeah, isn't it? Isn't it Aquinas College? Think so. I'm not a hundred percent. Come on, you're supposed honest. to be my fucking stack guy here. God damn it. That's not a stat. That's just personal information. Well, same thing. You know fucking Eric. You should know this shit, too. God damn it, Dempsey. <laughs> anyway, back on topic as a final thought so we can get the fuck out of here. Congratulations, Ken. Happy for you. Hopefully you hear this. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got. Kick Nas now. And uh, we'll be back next week. It's, it's you know, 80th episode. It's a milestone. Hurrah. We did it. But and, uh, uh, I, I might be wrong, but I think next week could be the perfect night for a topic because I think the next fight card is in two weeks' time. Yeah, I think you're right. No, yeah, I think you're, yeah, I think you're right. So we'll probably kick that on Thursday then. But uh, we'll be back probably to break this one down on Tuesday like we did this week. And uh, keep your eyes out on Sunday afternoon for a special episode. So for Ryan Dempsey, I'm Jeff Shanahan. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show. Kids, they run up on us, four fives and gauges, max and fat, same niggas that catch you back to back, catching your cracks in black, there was a snitch on the block, getting niggas knocked, so hold your stats to the coke price drop, I know this crackhead who said she gotta smoke nice rock, and if it's good, you bring your customers and measuring plots, but yo, you gotta slide on a vacation, 